G'day guys, Shangol here and welcome to uh, our second episode of Idle Talking with Nolsey. Um, thanks to everyone who gave us some really good feedback on the first episode uh, with Dicko. We had a lot of fun doing it and uh, so here we go with this one. So I'd like to welcome my producer, Tim Holland. G'day Tim. Great to be here. Hopefully we don't suffer from second show syndrome. We'll see how we go. <laughs> oh, I don't think we will because we've got a great guest once again. Um, one half one half of the top-rating breakfast show on WSFM in Sydney, Jonesy and Amanda, which they've been doing that show for almost 20 years. Uh, previously, uh, this man was on the Triple M Network. He's also been a fixture on our TV screens on shows such as Howzo's, Dancing with the Stars, 20 to 1, and even the bold and the beautiful. So please welcome our guest today, Brendan Jonesy-Jones. Shannon, Tim, it's a pleasure to be here. And on, on your second, on the second show after Dicko. Yeah, Dicko, Dicko what did he say? Uh, Pop the cherry last, <laughs> last week, as he put it. Mate, uh, bold and the beautiful. Really? Wow. Well, it, was a very short, it was a very short role. I played a, a journalist yep. with Ida Buttrose of all people, and Amanda, and we're in a press, press conference. And I proposed marriage to the, the girl that was about to get married to a man that was half my age and 10 times hunkier, but I still proposed marriage, which is <laughs> just not even my scene. The script made no sense, but, you know, a friend of mine was in LA and they said, I just watched Bold and the Beautiful and you're on it. <laughs> so it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, that's great. Have you seen Ron Moss lately? I, uh, I saw a photo of him the other day because he, he held it together for... For so long, you know what I mean? Because I remember watching that show. Oh, I didn't even watch it, but mum would have it on when I got home yeah. from school, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, no, he's, he's quite great. And that, <laughs> I suppose he'd be, he, nearly, he'd be pretty getting on a bit now, I suppose, wouldn't he? Well, he left. He left the show. He left and they replaced Ridge with another Ridge. Oh, you can't so, do that. He's the only well, Ridge, was... mate. The only Ridge. Well, it, that shows you how long you haven't been watching it for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I sort of stopped after uh, uh, after I got a license. <laughs> yeah. I could get out, out of the house. Because he was a bit of a muso too, wasn't he? Yes, he played. He was in uh, the band Player. He played the bass in Player. Yeah. Uh, and which is a, a, quite an acceptable bass riff uh, in the song Baby Come Back. Yeah, cool. So that that was pretty good. Um, we we used to we had him on our show a few times. Always a good guest. Always yep. providing good content. Oh, he seemed, he seemed like a really nice fella from from uh, what I'd seen of him interviewed and that. But mate, uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. We do, we really do. It's been great with you and I've been mates for a long time. You've always been very very good to me. You and, and Amanda and I really really appreciate it. Um, uh, so this is going to be a little bit of fun. So elaborate on anything that you want to, mate, because. Um, I haven't seen a lot of interviews you've done, and I think you're a pretty interesting cat to uh, to interview, mate. Well, thank you, mate. It's nice. It's <laughs> nice to be in the interview ease chair. Yeah. So, mate, tell us how uh, how Jonesy and Amanda uh, first came about, because you've been absolutely, uh, like, on top for so long. You've been right up there for a long time now, you know, and, and you've also been also doing the, obviously doing the show for a while too, mate. So tell us how it all got started. Well, we've been a solid number two for a while, which is which is good. Which you're happy for at our age. Uh, yeah, we worked together at Triple M, and uh, that was the station I always wanted to work at. And she was doing the breakfast show with Andrew Denton. Uh, and then there was a, a, a bat in 1999. Uh, Andrew fell ill, uh, and and they called me up at the last minute. And, uh, and I was living in Oyster Bay, which is uh, you know probably about 40 minutes from Bondi Junction. They rang me up at about uh, five. 
30 in the morning and they said, oh, can you come in and fill in for Andrew? He's unwell. And I went, oh, yeah, sure. And they said, I, I said, but when does the show start? And they said, oh, six. And I went, well, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, wow. Uh, and I was on my motorbike, uh, so an endorsement for a for a bike in Sydney. So I was a, at work as the opener for the Andrew Denton Breakfast Show start, and I only met Amanda, Amanda a handful of times. And I sort of sat down in the chair and I said, hey, Amanda, how are you? Well, I, I, my name's Jonesy and I'll be your uh, panel op for the day. And we did one show, and then at the end of the show, uh, the producer said, look, Andrew's, uh, he's really crook. It's going to be, he's probably going to be off tomorrow, maybe the next day. And I went, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I ended up doing the show for the whole week. And by the end of it, I just thought, wow, this is, and I rang Amanda when I was coming home, because I had this sadness, because I just thought, this is the best radio I've ever done in my life, but it will never happen. It will never be a show. And I've done a lot of different shows with different people. And there's a chemistry that you just can't, you can't buy it. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, and, I remember, and Amanda said to me, she said, oh yeah, I had fun too. And I said, oh no, you know, you're just patronizing me. And she said, no, I really did. I felt a real connection, but you know, she's working with Andrew Denton and, and like, I just come from uh, Triple M in Brisbane. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I, I didn't have any aspirations. Well, I did, I'm always ambitious, but I, I always thought to myself, if I could do a show with Amanda, we would do, we would do well. Yeah, and, and, absolutely have, mate. I've nailed it. Um, yeah. uh, Andrew Denton's a good fellow, isn't he? I, I remember years ago, what was that show we did uh, with that, with that uh, hologram or whatever it was? Oh, um, uh, uh, Tench. Yeah, Tench, Tench no. that's right. Yeah, yeah, that Tench. was so funny. Because they, uh, I, was, I was at Sony at the time and, and they, they said, oh, they want you to go on, on Tench or whatever it was called. And, and, uh, and, and I, I said, yeah, no worries. And they're all going, oh, no, no, we, can't, we shouldn't really let him be exposed to Andrew Denton. He could, tear, he could yeah. tear him up, you know. So they, I nearly had to have uh, media training before I went into it just to, to sort, sort of try and uh, make sure I was protected. But it turned out to be quite the opposite. He was, everything was really lovely because I think the character itself was a little bit um, controversial and liked to, liked to have a bit of a stab, but... He, it couldn't have, couldn't have gone better. Like he was really really lovely and and um, and like the the character <laughs> that is. But it was yeah. uh, it was a great, ended up being a really good interview. So um, uh, it was yeah. pretty funny. So he's a smart guy though. Well, I thought that ten she was he was like on drugs because he was he just seemed a bit too animated for me. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> just, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep your wallets away, boys. Free. <laughs> <laughs> Although he was looking a little drawn. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I've got nothing, mate. I'm I'm racking my brain trying to think of something. No. So, I had to pack up the overhead projector and say, off you go, mate. That's I just switched it. on the light. Yeah, turn, was... pull out the plug. It's all over. Yeah. So, mate, obviously, that was what was the start in radio? So how long had you been in radio before before that opportunity came? So I started in uh, 1990. Uh, so I, uh, I grew up in Sydney yep. and uh, I always wanted to be in radio. And I ended up, uh, you know, working as a concreter, which is pretty a fair whack away from radio. And, <laughs> you listen and, uh, to a lot of radio. <laughs> I listened to a lot of radio and I used to uh, work in the sewers of Bondi uh, Beach there just under North Head and I, I'd ride my motorbike past the Triple M Towers at Bondi Junction and I used to just look up there and think man Doug Murray's up there right now doing a radio show and I was so that's cool just blown away by it. and then when I finally worked at Triple M all those years later I remember you know walking uh, riding my bike under the towers looking up as I was walking in and I just thought wow I just you know I said, man, this is uh, this is nuts. I'm actually working here, not as a, a guest or anything. But it took yeah. a it took a long time to get there. It was um, so I went to Western Australia. That was the only place to give me a job up in Caratha, mm -hmm. which is 
Uh, have you ever been to Carrara yeah, in Western I, Australia? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, the first first uh, year I was on tour, we flew up there. Um, Heap of us in a small plane. We did Carrara, Port Hedland, uh, and Broome. It was three uh, yeah. three gigs in a row up there. It was fantastic, but yeah, it was it was crazy crazy country up there. It was dry, and and I think one night I wasn't real popular because they. Uh, might have been to Caratha Pub or Port, or Port Henley Pub or something, but they had to cancel the strippers because my show was on. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, the boys weren't real happy with it, I don't, don't uh, think. <laughs> what a hard act to follow. <laughs> All the strippers come to the show? <laughs> no girls tonight, but we've got Shannon. We've got Nolsey. <laughs> Lucky enough, it could have probably been the first time something was thrown at me, I reckon. <laughs> oh, no, that's oh. Up there in Caratha, our uh, cleaner, we used to have at the radio station, Kylie. She was the cleaner by day and at night she was a skimpy girl. Yeah, she wasn't skimpy. She was she at the bar at the Crafter Tab, which was right next door. Yeah. And I remember one time, lock I was happy this is when I smoked. I was playing Take 40 Australia on a tape. I walked and they made the station non-smoking. You had to go outside. So I walked outside to have a smoke, the door shut. And so then I'm locked outside uh, and it wasn't a big deal because uh, I'm next door to the, the, the tab and I knew that she was there. So I've had to go in next door and she's there with no topless. And I said, Kylie, have you got the keys to the radio? And she said, where would I put them? And I said, and then she goes, hang on a minute, love. And then so she's had to serve these guys beers. In the meantime, I'm looking at my watch going, I think there's about 10 minutes of Barry Bissell to go. Can, can we get a move on? <laughs> oh, that's a great story. But I'll tell you yeah. what, bud, just thinking about it, it uh, uh, resonated with me looking up when you said you looked up and you and, and th- uh, talking about, you know, um, uh, the, uh, what was his name? Sorry, the guy. Doug uh, Murray. Yeah, Doug Murray, yeah. Um, that seems to me like you willed it a little bit, mate. You know what I mean? Because I believe a lot in, uh, in in positive thinking and that sort of stuff, you know, and, and I reckon it sounds like you actually made it happen by by just pure will. I think, well, yeah, I think it's just, uh, um, yeah, I guess there is something in that. I, I usually, when I'm set my mind to something, I can do it. Uh, I, I find that very frustrating with TV because uh, I've been at the ground level of many TV projects, mm. many shows you can see on telly and none of them have got up. So it's yeah. really, I find that incredibly frustrating. So uh, I often think, I often think, you know, radio, it just, it just worked. Uh, yeah. And then sometimes I think maybe I don't really want TV as much as I think I want it. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's not as, yeah. Maybe it's not as much as not as much as you wanted uh, radio back then when you were working in the sewers, probably. Well, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you look at it, when you're working in the sewers, <laughs> sure. If Although I, when yeah. I got to, when I got to Caratha, because I used to get paid a thousand bucks in the hand a week, yep. which is good money from 1990 yeah. or 1989. And when I got into Caratha Radio, my first paycheck was two hundred and forty three dollars, and I just said, <laughs> "Where's the rest? Of it? How am I? What am I going to live on? What, yeah. You know." Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny though, because I, I, over the years, like I've been interviewed by so many people in radio and, and like some, you'll be interviewed by someone in Canberra or something. And then, you know, six months later, you're doing an interview up in uh, Port Douglas or something. It'll be the same person. Yeah. And, and I, like yeah. they go like, oh, you know them, you've done an interview with them before. And I'm going, I haven't been interviewed by anyone up here before, but it's actually someone. So it's very, people get moved around all the time. Well, and that's what happened with, you know, and my wife, uh, Helen, at the time, she was my girlfriend then. So we went to Caratha and I, I was probably there for a bit too long. Yeah. Uh, usually when you go to Caratha, you, you, you're you there for about six months. But uh, I had a bit of bad luck. I got offered a job in Musselbrook and then they rescinded the job uh, through no fault of mine or anyone's really. Yeah. So I ended up staying and then I started to like Caratha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you become a big fish in a small town, you know, yeah, you're like, yeah. you know, everyone, I knew the boss of the radio station really well. So we'd always be drinking and, and it was just a, and, and the town is such a lovely town. I really, I really liked yeah. uh, living. And, and then I remember Helen said, you know what, you, when you got into this, you didn't plan to stay in club. <laughs> Did you know it? Well, it's, it's a good town. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah grew on you. Be the mayor, you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I know it's great. So, small knit uh, towns like that, you know, yeah. everyone knows everyone and it's great. And and so Muscle, like so when I went to Musclebrook, but you're right. So you go Caratha, Musclebrook, and I, my first big uh, interview was with Cole Elliott, this comedian. Yeah, I know plays. Cole Elliott. He's great. I love Cole so Elliott. We had this great interview in Caratha, and then when I got to Musclebrook, he came for an interview, and I Cole, how are you? Hoping to pick up where we left off, <laughs> yeah. and he looked straight through me as if yeah. he'd never met me before. We were, I met you in Caratha. You know, we did a did a half an hour show together. It was only supposed to be a five minute interview. Everyone loved it. Everyone was, and he goes, "Yeah, mate, I talked to a lot of people." And, just, <laughs> and it was Isn't that point. I just thought, "Yeah, that's and and large that still happens now with the interviews that we have." Yeah. Although I, I will say, Paul Rudd just recently we spoke to him ten years ago yep. when he was an actor man. We just talked to him about his latest Ant Man thing, and he did remember me and Amanda. It was oh, a nice yeah, cool. Well, you get you know, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, you know, you get a bit of a sausage factory, you, you know, Fitzy and Whipper all going for the interview yeah, and going Jackie. Yeah, yeah. And we're, all, we're all sort of, it's like that cartoon, you know, morning Ralph, morning Frank, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, go yeah. and talk to them. Uh, so it, it's kind of like that, but it, he was, you know, it's nice when they say, oh, yeah, how you guys been? You know, you're still doing it. So yeah, yeah. That, so that yeah, was oh, mate, 20 years together with a hit show, you know what I mean? You'd be hoping someone... Remember you, but Has Paul Rudd's Paul Rudd's a good one. He's a great. I, I think he's great. I love his uh, yeah. his acting. He's very funny, isn't? Because uh, he was in uh, Anchorman too, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. He, uh, was, he was funny uh, in that. Sixty yeah. percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, no. so uh, reality TV shows. What do you think of them? Um, uh, oh. What was your Dance with the Stars experience like? Because mine wasn't so good. <laughs> well, so Dancing with the Stars was funny because uh, I had this call. Uh, from Channel 10, and uh, the boss of Channel 10 rang up and said, mate, we want you for The Bachelor. And I said, well, with all due respect, I'm married. <laughs> and they said, no, not as the, one of The Bachelors as the host. And I went, really? And they said, yeah, look, you know. And I said, well, you know, why don't you go with Andrew G? You know, and he yeah. goes, well, he's a bit too young. We don't want a fox in the hen house. We want a, an older guy. <laughs> yeah. And I went, thank you. Yeah. And uh, and so I went along, uh, and then uh, uh, that day, about probably about or rather two days later, Channel Seven rang, and they said, "Oh, we really think you should come on Dance with the Stars." Yeah. So I rang my agent. I said, "Look, I got ten, I got seven. What will I say?" And she said, "Well, just don't tell them anything. Just say, yeah, sure, you'll do it." You know. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I said, "I don't want to do, go on Dancing with the Stars, Michelle. I can't dance." And she said, "Don't worry, the the Bachelor is your thing because once you get that, that's ten years easily. Yeah. It's a ten." franchise yep. and I said so I went for the screen test and uh, from what I was told by the execs they loved it they said mate you are the guy and I've watched the American show yep. and then <laughs> so the running joke was always with Michelle um you know what, am I dancing she says you will not be dancing not on my, <laughs> I'm on holidays in Singapore with the kids and uh, I get this text from Michelle and it's what's your shoe size <laughs> And we're at like Universal Studios at Disneyland. The kids were in the water having a great time. And my eldest son, he was there swimming with my youngest. And I've just gone, fuck, and just warm. <laughs> and Morgan's looked up at me and given the thumbs up because they're having such a great time. And I yeah. thought, well, you know. And that's how I ended up on Dancing with the Stars. And you know what? I, don't, I have no regret about it. I think it was. Got through a couple of weeks, I think five weeks or something. I, yeah, I think we're up to week six. 
six rounds longer than I should have got there too. <laughs> And also what happened was all my family came on the first night because they thought he's gone. <laughs> and I've got this, I've got this, where no one gets eliminated on the first night. So on the night of the jive, my wife left a message. She said, oh my God, I can't believe you got through. And then she suddenly remembered herself and she went, I mean, congratulations. <laughs> well done. <laughs> And yeah. by the end, I couldn't get any people to yeah. come in as much to come in and watch the show because all my family had seen it. And yeah. then I was getting cousins I hadn't seen in Melbourne for a thousand. Do you want to come to dance with the stuff? You'd be gone by now. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I, you, I, I, I did your back. Yeah, I did I had a, a back injury during it. I was the only only person ever retired. Very hurt indeed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, well, I zigged when I should have zagged. I think my partner, we were rehearsing on a Wednesday or something, and my partner was doing a lift, and she was supposed to jump from the side, and I was supposed to catch her and spin around. And uh, she jumped a bit early, and I wasn't quite ready, and she sort of landed there, and it just went... <laughs> and then I that's went, nice. oh, that's not good. So that the next day, I couldn't rehearse, and that was the Thursday, I think. And then the Friday, I had to fly up to, uh, up to Brisbane to do a gig up there um, at a festival, and it was just... Oh, such a, a dull, deep uh, ache, you know what I mean? And then, so then uh, I came back and we had to do like full dress rehearsals on the Saturday and I started, I was in agony by then. And then, and, and I sort of, my wife's going like, tell them to piss off, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if they see how much pain you're in, I'm going, they're going like, you've got to be in and management is ringing going, you've got to be in for this one. I'm going, mate, I can't walk, you don't understand. So anyway, I finally uh, went in the next day and we did like two dress rehearsals during the day and then I've got... <laughs> I'm out the back before the show and Fev's, he's here rubbing, rubbing the, the hamstrings and the lower back for me and they go, the producer come out and goes, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and he said, you, he, that's your competitor. And he went, no, but it's me mate too, mate. He said he's in, he's in agony, you know, like seriously, he can't move, so I'm trying to help him, you know. And um, then we ended up doing, we, we got through it and there wasn't the, too bad of uh, the lifts in that one, and then, uh, then, um, yeah, the next day it was, yeah, it was all just over. Just and then, like, the next, and then the, I think it was the Monday morning. I woke up at five in the morning with just like felt like a lightning bolt down my left leg, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, it was just like, like just searing, searing pain. So we got an ambulance and and went into town, and they said, oh, you've got a you've got a split like a uh, permeated, perforated disc. It had split, Gee. and all of the uh, all of the Gel that's actually in the disc spews out into your spinal cavity. As soon as it hits the spinal fluid, it calcifies. So then oh, it just yeah. then it just uh, squashes the nerve, and that's the pain down the leg. So after the operation, uh, I said, "Look, I'm having a bit of trouble lifting my foot up. You know, like changing gears up on a motorbike." And he said, "Oh, yeah, that's called drop foot. That could be permanent." And I went, "What? <laughs> I don't want drop foot." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm going like, "Oh, thanks for that." So yeah. uh, it's still a little. I trip on stuff still today because they reckon uh, your nerves heal. An inch oh, every six months or something. So it takes yeah, it, it takes, takes uh, months it takes and years and that for it to actually heal all the way up. So yeah, so I don't think I'll be doing it again either. No, it's, <laughs> and and it's so because they they tell you when you go on it they say look it's only two hours of training a day. Yeah, and I thought two hours I could learn German in two hours. <laughs> I've never tried to learn German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do that. And then all of a sudden that two hours blows out to four. Then it's six. And then I remember we do the radio show here. I get straight on a plane, fly to Melbourne. Yeah. I get in the and then I go. We stop to the studio, rehearse, 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 rehearse. Have do that all day. Have dinner. Wake up, do the radio show. Oh, finish wow. the radio show. 
And they go, quick, where, where are you? And I said, well, I just finished the radio show. I've got to go to the toilet. You can go to the toilet when you get to the studio. I, I said, I've got to do a poo. And they said, there's no time for a poo. And I said, there's going to be a time for a poo. I'm going to die. Absolutely no time for a poo. Yeah, you know, TV things, I'll tell you what, they, uh, they, they hold you to a schedule, that's for sure. They do. <laughs> have you been, uh, have you had to, uh, taken any interest in Idol this year or watching anything I've, you said? I've dipped in and out of it. I, I'm, I'm, mm. The methamphetamine that is married at first sight has uh, has taken a lot of my attention. So, oh, yep, yep. Uh, but I have dipped into it and, you know, I've had a long association with Idol, you know, 2003 when it started with yourself yeah, on it. absolutely, yeah. And uh, I just started the radio show at WS, this is before Amanda was working with me. And they didn't really get guests on the radio. And it, it came to pass that uh, our producer, Peter, was good friends with Anthony Zimbardi, who yep. was on the show with him. Yeah. And uh, yep. famously, we got him sacked from the show because <laughs> he came in for an interview and we were just talking about the voting number. Yeah. And I said, well, why don't you say the number here and get, get people to vote for you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's a good idea. And then he, <laughs> then he went crazy with it everywhere he went. He started putting the number up. Yeah, and yeah. then I remember the interview, we we're watching it because it was all live. And Dicko comes and goes, mate, uh, I've got bad news. We're going to have to sack you for cheating. And Anthony Zavadi, who's probably the you know, nice fellow. Yeah, he's a nice fellow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. like, what? what? <laughs> and I remember talking to you and, um, you and Millsy and I think Guy as well. You're all living in the idle house. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Jonathan Coleman ended up buying. He did, in yeah, the... yeah. Got, oh, John, I guy. remember talking to you guys and like, and I said, "So how's how's voting going?" And all you guys went, "Oh no, no, we don't want to. No, no, we've got to go. The line's breaking." <laughs> yeah, prank caller, prank caller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor old Anthony. He's uh, that was yeah. that was because I was trying to remember what actually happened because I remember. I remember him getting disqualified. I thought he did a, yeah. gig, a paying gig or something, but no, it was it was uh, advertising no, advertise well, the number. There could have been a raft of. Uh, yeah. But poor old, I'd like to think it was. And he said, Oh, thanks for getting me chucked off the show. I saw, oh, him, in, I saw no. him last year in Cronulla and he said, Thanks for getting me chucked off the oh, show. Oh, no. Last year. And the, oh, no. Nine yeah. years later. My life could be different. <laughs> so, oh, no. So, mate, you touched on maps. You're a bit of a maps uh, fan, yeah? Uh, I don't I know. I suppose you get fan, asked so many questions about it, do you? No, it's just, it's, for me, it's good radio fodder. Yeah. It's a real, uh, and, but, you know, it's, it's what people, what I've seen in time. When I first started in radio, I, I, I really liked radio because I just liked radio. I never thought of being famous on radio. I would have liked to have been, I guess, famous for being on radio, but I, I don't feel any more fame than I had when I was in Western Australia. It doesn't really, yeah. you know, pick up that much. But now it seems that everyone, you know, influences and the like, I just... They're just this need for fame. This yeah, need yeah. For, uh, and it's quite it's quite extraordinary. So these married at first five people that go on for all the right reasons to get find true love where the show yeah. first started. Yeah. But now it's more about how the true love is how many Instagram followers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. man loves his Insta followers as much as this. And that's what the show comes down to. Yeah, it does a bit, which is a bit saddening, really, I suppose, because the original idea, I suppose, with it were, were people who were who were uh, really looking for for a partner, because they they push yeah. they push the whole you know I've had been unlucky in love and all that sort of all that sort of stuff and now it's and now it's more like oh I've been lucky with Instagram for unlucky with Instagram followers can you show help me get a few more of those? Well, it's nuts. And there's there's a lady that was on it last year, Olivia, and so yeah. she was a special aid teacher, like uh, yeah. so doing a great job. Yeah, she's now on OnlyFans doing <laughs> like if you said to her when she was going to uni. 
I'm get, oh. you're a student teacher. Hey, here's your life timeline in five years. You're going to be doing hardcore <laughs> pornography. Oh, She'd look at you like you were mad. Oh, mate. And hasn't that taken off? I'll tell you what, I'm keeping, yeah. that, one, keeping that one in the back pocket hey, in, case, wanna, in case I, I, I lose my good. voice or something. Hey, Tim, I think Shannon for our only fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? That's what I'm growing the moment, mate. See? Ooh. I was about to say, I'm here to cleanse the pool, but I have no pool. I'm here to cleanse the pool. Have you seen that? There's a guy on TikTok. He's pretty funny. Uh, he, uh, he's got a couple of apps. One makes his, one puts a mole on the other one, uh, yeah. uh, makes him bald, and he's so funny. Yeah. I'm just here with the horses. <laughs> he's very funny. Very funny. So, mate, let's talk about music because uh, I know you're a huge music fan and, and uh, been in bands as well. Um, obviously, like you and I, uh, I've been a massive Radiators fan, as am I, yeah. go to the Radiators. Um, we hung out together one night at, at uh, the Caring Bar Hotel watching the Radiators. That's right. That was great. We saw the Rads. Yeah, they're great. They're so good. I've, I've had a bit to do with the boys over the years and, and just a bunch of great fellas and, and yeah, mm. just ultimate rockers too, you know what I mean? Like being around for so long and, and so many people are probably – Still stole some of the moves. I think um, Peter Garrett probably <laughs> watched a little bit of uh, of the big fella, uh, the yeah. lead singer. You know what I mean? A few times. Yeah. They're very similar in their affotations on stage. But yeah, give us a bit of insight. Well, I saw them recently at Tarrant Point Hotel, and you know they always. I'm good mates with all the guys, and well, I sort of had a beer backstage. You know, in that in that depressing hotel that's behind the Tarrant Point Hotel. Yeah. You'd be familiar with it. Yeah. And and I'm in that little meeting room, and. Um, and Brian sort of sometimes gets really almost apologetic that he's still doing it. I said, mate, yeah, you yeah. are great at this. It's not like you're not, you suck. Like, nah. And I said, do you enjoy it? And he goes, I love it. And yeah. I said, well, don't make apologies. Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. They're, they're fantastic. Guys just do, well, you get to a certain age. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right? What, you're going to retire and live, you know, start making model trains? Yeah, no, and, absolutely. And he's like, I could do that, but he does. He just enjoys it. And that night... They killed. I swear yeah. they killed. They were, like, and the, the crowd was about, like, it was weird. There was not much. There was the diehard fans, only 50 people. Yeah. But midway through the show, this other group, the people that were playing the pokies and stuff, started coming in because it was such a vibe. That's then great. the place was just packed. Yeah. And people that hadn't even paid were just coming in. <laughs> the That's awesome. Because and it just, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, that, me yeah, absolutely, mate. Because yeah, oh, like out of all the bands that I've seen over the years, the the Rads are, are just so original, and some original rockers like Jeff, uh, mate. He's he's. I, was, <laughs> I know a few people who've known him a long time and talk about rock and roll, baby. Whoa, yeah. mate, Jeff <laughs> Turner. He's, uh, he was, he will never die wondering. No, absolutely. <laughs> but it's just such lovely guys too. Every every single one of them. I I've, uh, yeah. I love catching up with those guys. They're they're an absolute pleasure every time. So, mate, bands, musical instruments. You play a bit. Well, I used to play. I played drums at school, yep. and uh, I always wanted to be a drummer in a band. Yeah. And unfortunately for me, I just I, I did play in a band. I I managed to, uh, you know, I was a capable drummer. But it's funny, my brother, when I was on Dancing the Stars, I was in a band uh, years ago with my brother, and uh, I, I couldn't like the, my big thing was the judges would go, "Mate, your timing's terrible. Your timing's terrible." And Alana, my dance teacher, said. You know, I thought you said you played the drums at a band. Your timing should be great. And so I'm having a beer with my brother. And I said, man, I, I just don't understand it. I used to be, my my timing is just terrible. And I said, but I played the drums. And then Matt just takes a sip of his beer and he goes, yeah, but you're a shit ass. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me? And he goes, well, you're so enthusiastic. I don't want to hurt your feelings. That's you know? great. And so, and he was right. I just couldn't. 
And but having said that, you know, I was in a band, a local band called um, called um, Bad Element, and we used to record uh, down at Take Five Studios at Tarrant Point. And John Swan Swanee used yes. to rehearse there, yeah, so right. we're all standing out the back having a smoke. Swanee comes up, he says, "Hey, fellas, what's going?" I'm going, "Jesus, John Swanee, what's the name of what's the name of your unit?" And we said, "Oh, Bad Element." He goes, "Is it like something on your stove that doesn't work?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And he goes, let's hear you. So we played a song. We're standing there and Swanee's just standing there. And I'd never, it, it was so daunting to have yeah, yeah. Like John Swan just standing there with a listening face. And you know, the listening face yeah, people do. Absolutely. And he went, didn't say much. He just went, yeah, yeah, tight. Sounds tight. Keep it up. And just walked out. Didn't really say you were great. Yeah. But yeah. At the same time, didn't say we sucked. But and yeah, then, that was enough though. I'd have been happy and, with and that. We, well, we ended up like our dream was to play at Carrying Bar Inn as a bad element. Yeah, cool. And, and it was, and this is the time when choir boys had come out and choir boys had changed. For us, the choir boys were the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we wanted to be the choir boys. In fact, there was a bit that we were getting a bit too close to the choir boys where the lead singer guitarist uh, permed his hair. So he had a <laughs> Mark Gable perm. Yeah, right. And, and the choir boys were so good. I just thought they were amazing. And I, I it never worked out for us. I ended up uh, working as a DJ down in the snow, just in the nightclub. And uh, all the guys down there, like ski instructors and stuff, we put together a bit of a band. So I, yep. I took my drums and, you know, and then one day the boss of the chalet where we were working, he goes, oh, man, I met these guys, Musos, up on the mountain. Uh, they want to come and stay in a couple of weeks. They've, you know, they'll play in your band. I went, oh, okay. Do you know who they are? They go, I don't know. Ian, someone, and Andy, Andy Thomas, Andy, someone. And I went, do you know him? And I went, oh, I, well, you have to be, you know, and this is before the internet, right? Uh, he goes, Andy Thomas. And I go, I've never heard of Andy Thomas in my life. So anyway, a couple of weeks later, this massive guy walks in with a saxophone case. It's Anderson from Moving Pictures. Oh. <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm going, and he goes, you are you the drummer? I went, yeah, yeah. And the D he said, are you the drummer slash DJ? I went, yeah. And he goes, I'm Andy. Uh, I went, right. And I, I didn't quite, he had to say he was from Moving Pictures. I'm going, like Moving Pictures, what, the band? And he went, yeah, yeah, the band, Moving Pictures. And I went, oh. And then he goes, I've got a mate, Ian, he's coming as well. And Ian Moss walks in. <laughs> oh, wow. That's Ian Moss from Cold Chisel. And it was just, it was, and the only professional musician we had in the band was a guy called Bert. And he played, in a, he was uh, a ski, well, the lift operator. Yep. Guys that run the lift. And uh, he played in a band called the Drop Bears and they had a minor hit in the 80s. Yep. And so yeah, he I was our professional glue in the in the band. Yeah, right. And, and he said, we've got Ian Moss and Andy Thompson in our band. You can't play the drums. <laughs> got a bass player that's more interested in taking his shirt off and showing off. <laughs> and, I, and he started to stress. And, and so, and the boys, they never showed up. That we never saw them for rehearsal. Like we just, we just play, and they said, "Don't worry, fellas, we'll be there on the night." Yep. And then when we got there, uh, when Mossy walked in, and he goes, "Do you guys know Georgia?" And we went, "Oh yeah, sure." And Mossy's, we're doing Georgia. Wow! And, and it was just to stand there behind Mossy. Yeah. And it was in this little, uh, like it was almost like uh, it. At the chalet hotel it's this beautiful old hotel but there's this downstairs bar and it's like a cavern and it's really intimate and small and there was this light on mossy's hair and he's just doing that solo and i'm just going i'm in a drum i'm playing drums and there's mossy wow. and andy thompson's standing there with his sack but i don't know if you've ever seen andy when he gets on the sacks he, he he looks into the crowd as if he's going to punch someone if they give him any shit yeah. and, so <laughs> comes, 
And then, like, it was just, oh, it was amazing. Absolutely yeah, that, amazing. that would have been, that, wow, what a, that's a great story. I mean, loving music and, and, um, and mucking around a bit too and then have, have to play with someone like that. Crikey. I bet that would be a memory you don't want to forget anytime soon. Well, and I think that was it. I retired from the drums after that. <laughs> you should have took some Instagram shots to that one, right? Well, that, that was that was pre that was pre pre Insta. Pre, yeah, I've got absolutely. some photos of me on the drums, but yeah, I just uh, if only my timing was right. <laughs> but mate, I'm with you, but with the dancing thing, it's a whole different type of of timing with that sort of stuff. The five, Jeez. six, seven, eight type thing. You know, we go one, two, yeah. three, four. <laughs> with yeah. So straight off the bat, it's uh, it's a little bit daunting. But then That's you have to learn how to rewalk, sort of thing. Yeah. Turn your toes out. It was just such a foreign thing to me, you know. And then they'll count to one, two, three, four. The, yeah, and then they'll go, now there's five, six, seven, eight, and then you've got to remember this thing. <laughs> yeah. And Alana would say, it's not that hard. And I'm saying, are you joking? Yeah. It's the hardest thing in the world. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, mate, we talked about um, the radiator, the Rads. Who are some other favourite bands? And, and who are some big names that you've interviewed over the years? You've got a couple of those? I like well, band names or... Uh, uh... Oh, either or. Like, or bands you're into at the moment, but also what? any big bands, I suppose, or, or big acts or big um, stars that you've interviewed. Well, I, I think, like, so in the, like the bands, like to see um, Midnight Oil on their final big circle tour. Yep. Uh, and I saw him at the Coogee Bay Hotel at Salinas. And a, a mate of mine, the, the guy that I was just talking about, that was in Bad Element, <laughs> we stood up the front at the Coogee Bay Hotel and uh, they started with Outside World and Pete walked out and he had this waver in his voice and I just had this moment of everything just slowed down. I went, oh, please, please, please be good. Please be yeah. good. And then because this is the first time they played for ages. Yep. yep. And, and they just... It was nuts. Once that nervous got out of his, the nervousness got out of his yeah. voice, uh, and then they just did all of head injuries, and it was like I, I still get chills just thinking about it. Yeah, I, I, like I didn't drink any beer because I didn't want to lose my place at the yeah, front of the right. stage. Yep, yeah. yeah, gotcha. And I remember because she said, "You want to go in the little VIP area up the top," and I went, "No, I, I got to be right up the front." So we got there so early, and I was just at the front and just watching them. Uh, it's probably the greatest gig I've seen. Oils like I, I, I don't know how many times I've seen them, but that time to see them at the end of their their career yep. was like amazing. And 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 their last farewell, I didn't really feel the need to go and see it. I thought I can't. That's it. That's my. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So to see them and Guns N' Roses, I think Guns N' Roses here in Sydney. Uh, I got like free tickets. Uh, the boss rang me and he said, oh, "Do you want to go to Guns N' Roses?" I said, "Sure, sure." I rang my brother. I said. Do you want to go to Guns Rose? Yeah, I'm not doing anything. So we go there. And when you get free tickets, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, yeah, yeah. you can get tickets to see Shannon Noll. You could be in the nose, please. Yeah. <laughs> or you could just get right next to Shannon on stage. You, yeah, yeah. You absolutely. don't know. No, and, no, you're just sure. like, and you can't be a whinger. You're just grateful for it. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, we go down there and we've got the little tickets and the lady goes, oh, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then all of a sudden we're just at the front at the stage. Cool. And I'm just going. Are you kidding me? And then we're just loving the show and we're drinking beers. And then we hear this riff, da -na 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 -na, and my brother goes, oh, man, that sounds just like riff rap. And I went, yeah, and that's fucking Angus Young. And Angus Young, oh, wow. he's, in his muff, he's not in his school uniform, and they do riff rap. And I swear, I thought I was going to, you know when you see people go mental and just scream at yeah, shows? Yeah. You'd see it all the time. Yeah, mate, I, I wish. <laughs> But I just, I was like a teenage girl. I lost yeah. it. It was nuts. I bet, yeah. Just to see that, I just thought, and sorry, I just swore in your podcast. Sorry. No, you're right, mate. Go for so, your life. There's no rules here, buddy. Don't worry about it that. Was, <laughs> it was so, uh, 
it was so mental. It was the greatest, you know, yeah. to, to see that, you know. And like Cold Chisel, uh, I remember when we went to see Cold Chisel in Brisbane, Brisbane Entertainment Centre, same sort of thing. Uh, me and Helen, my wife, they said, I'll oh, come and sit, do you want to sit down by the mix desk? And I went, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. So we sit at the mix desk and then I realised there's a little stage there. I'm thinking, well, you know, what's that all about, I wonder? And then halfway through the show, the band comes to this middle stage. They've got a drum kit there. And they do ship and steel, but it's not some softy acoustic thing. Yeah. It's just in the middle of the thing. And I'm behind Steve Presswich, the greatest drummer in the world. Yeah. And he's doing ship and steel. And wow. I'm standing there with a beer in my hand just going, oh, this is nuts. It's <laughs> <laughs> right there. That's great. Yeah, I was doing a, I did a tour with uh, Jimmy oh, probably 10 years ago now, I suppose. And we were in, the first show was in uh, South Australia somewhere. And... Um, there was a whisper that it was just before it was just before uh, Cole Chisel did their their comeback tour that that big one oh, yes. that they did, and um, yeah. next thing you sort of started seeing a few of the boys out of because it was Jimmy and his band normally doing it, and uh, next thing all the Cole Chisel boys turned up, so we got out we went out the side, of, uh, of round from the the backstage area and got in between the barricade and the stage, so we're sort oh. of like. Sitting right there, like bits of sweat falling all over, all over us, and everything it was it was mental, you know, because it was the first gig they played together in in Yonks, you know, it was such a great moment. I'll never forget it. It was heaps, heaps fun, awesome. And to, and to be associated with those guys, you know, you I would never imagine that I'd ever know Jimmy Barnes, and like yeah. it's weird that I kind of like I know him. I always go, you know, I'm just uh, uh, the talent that they have, that band. Is just, yeah, that's great songs, great uh, great everything all around, players and and that as well. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. What a success story that is. Wow. Oh, man, nuts. <laughs> Tim, have you got a question you'd like to ask Jonesy, mate? Well, obviously, uh, mate, you're a huge motorcycle fanatic. Where, where did all that come from? Uh, I got hit by a motorcycle when I was uh, when I was five in a back lane in Melbourne. So it was like really? I, was, <laughs> I was imprinted by a woman on a BMW. I ran straight in front of her, kicking. Because you know when you go to Melbourne, everyone just kicks a footy. Let's go for have a kick. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. I was at my cousin's house and we're kicking away in the uh, back lane in this, uh, their place in Heidelberg. And I just ran straight up in the road. My dad was watching it all unfold. And he said, she wasn't going fast. She probably, you know, doing about 30 Ks. Yeah. But I've just gone straight out. And she's, he's, boom, she broke a leg. Oh. But I, I've got a uh, flashback moment where the old man, he was having a smoke. He put the cigarette on the, the fence and he sort of <laughs> went over and he goes, and he switches the bike off because the wheel was spinning and it was still running. Yeah. And he comes over and he goes, mate, you're all right. And I just, and I had like all blood in my hair. It felt like someone put chocolate topping in my hair. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I think so. And then ambulance and all that sort of get my head stitched up. It was uh, so I think that was the moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what are you riding now, mate? Um, well, I've got uh, uh, five bikes yep. or six, but uh, depending if my wife's listening, so five. Uh, so, <laughs> and no I, I ride, I ride them pretty regularly. I've got, um, I've got two Harley's uh, Ultra Classic. That's my latest one. Yep. Uh, and I've got like a, a Dynaglide Harley, which I've had uh, for about 20, 20 odd years now. Got a Hayabusa a Yamaha, which my dad left me when he when he died, and uh, a GSXR 750, an old one from 1985, yeah, which I restored. Nice. So, and a few trail bikes, but they're yeah. PE 175 Suzuki. So I went through a two straight uh, old Suzuki phase for yeah. a while there. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, the I, there's uh, IT. 4.30 or something was it? Was oh, the Yammy, they're yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, it was a ripper. Go no forever. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a uh, what was it, Seven, 600, uh, TT600 when I was about yeah. 15 on the farm. 
Yeah. Mate, they are. Yeah, just a beast. Legend. Yeah, yeah. Because out Legend. there, you just you just point and shoot out there. It's not real yeah. technical going down fence lines and that, you know what I mean? But <laughs> crikey, I had some fun on that. Where's well, a bit of an up, to, uh, a step up from the old DT-175. Oh, the old DT. <laughs> the old dog turn. That was the ag, that was the ag bike, mate. Yeah, That's the one yeah. you got stuck with. Yeah, You yeah, can absolutely. ride the DT dog. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you got the roar, no. roar into the pineapple with that one. So, mate, you've recently <laughs> taken up uh, windsurfing. Yeah, or swearing, as I like to call it. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. It's, man, it's the dumbest thing in the world. It's yeah. so dumb. Is it yeah, hard? It's so bad. Yeah, it's incredibly hard. Is it? It's, yeah, um, right. it, 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 and I used to sail as a kid, so I like sailing, but you steer the rudder as your feet, so the board is the rudder. Mm -hmm. And once you get that principle right and the sail, it's – even I don't fully understand it, but everyone was saying you've got to get a harness. Once you get a harness – your life will change. So I've got right. a boom and this little harness strap now. And that's nuts because you're attached to the thing, but you can lean in, lean back. Yeah. But what happens when a gust, like a big, you need a lot of wind for it. When a big gust gets you, you just go, whoa. And then you're stuck into the sail. Yeah, and right. Gotcha. Like today I was underneath the sail. I'm strapped to the harness. I'm going, oh. <laughs> This isn't good. I'm on the wrong side of things here. I'm on the wrong side of things here. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that'd be no good to me. The water skiing, no. I think, is great. I've done a heap of water skiing out here, but I don't know about the windsurfing thing. What about them kite surfing, too? That looks crazy. No, that sort of that stuff. Looks, that's, yeah, I've seen a bloke get carried up in his, like about yeah. 200 metres up in the air the other day. And people say to me, they say, you should give kite surfing a go because it's easier than windsurfing. And it's almost like saying, yeah, so is unicycling, mate. <laughs> this, I, I'll never do kite surfing. That's too. That's a bridge too far. Yeah, absolutely. Could up, end up in New Zealand, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. So uh, well, also, you released a book, uh, Fifty Shades of Fifty. I love that. That's a great. That's a great name for a book, mate. I'm not far off that myself. Uh, what was Did it? You what no, you I'm a few years off that, mate. Oh, three, three years. Forty-seven. I am now. Yeah, well, that's. I can't believe you're 47. That's nuts. I know. It's gone so fast, mate. I can only remember about six months of the last 20 years. Oh, yeah. I know. It's crazy. We were so young when we said, like, in 2003, you were just so, you know, just so young. No, like, no. I, I mean, I, dying, you know? it was funny because I, I think I said this last week too, I was like 20, 26 in nine months. So you had to be, you had, you had to be under 27 to, to go on the show. Oh. And then so I, I turned 27 while I was on the show. So, you were the old. You, you oh, were yeah. one of the old ones. Uncle Otto used to call me. Twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times, mate. Yeah, that, that time does uh, absolutely fly. That's crazy. I look with the, kid, the kids now, and they're all men and young yeah. women, and and then the little fella. Thank goodness he keeps. Uh, I called me, like, but he yeah. just. I remember him being a baby. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. And the, they just get to a point. All of a sudden, they just change like overnight. It's crazy, you know. Yeah. But mate, back to your book. How did that come about? And were you approached by anyone or to write it? Or yeah, they um the the, the, the publicist came to me and just said, oh, we uh, would you have you ever thought of writing a book? And I just said, well, what about? And I said, I just a memoir. And I said, oh, I don't know. And he said to me, well, can you um we get a ghostwriter? You come along and you know just tell your stories and 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 then I, at the time I was writing for Live to Ride magazine. Uh, and so I, do, I, I said, well, look, I'm a columnist for Live to Write. I, I do a thousand words a month. And he said, well, yeah, okay. Um, well, let's, you know, put something together, a little, you know, put a start of a book together. So it, he, and he gave me some, uh, like a, a project where he'd, he'd go, these are the things I want to hear about. You know, you're playing bands, uh, yeah. motorbikes, radio, people you've interviewed, all that sort of stuff. 
and you break it down into the chapters. And then all this, it was really weird. I just started typing away. And it was like an iPod, it was like I had an iPod, like not an iPod, a, a USB in my head. Yeah, yeah. Just these memories. Just I just started the and the memories just came out and you just, you couldn't stop. It was like yeah. really, and I remember at the time the deadline, because they asked me in the March and it said, oh, well, we, yeah, we'll be looking for an August. And I went, oh yeah, August next year. And he went, no, this August. And I went, oh, wow. are you kidding me? And he goes, you can do it. He goes, all you got to do is say, think of it this way. You write a thousand words a month. And I go, yeah. And he goes, how long does that take you? And I said, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes. And he goes, do you t does it take you a month to do it? I said, no, I usually wait till the last minute, <laughs> deadline and all that stuff. And then I write it. And he goes, well, then you can do it. And so he said, if you can do 5,000 words a week, we'll be right. Yeah. And he was right. It just uh, it just flowed out. Um, and it was very, I'd recommend it to anyone. If you can write a book, it's just, mm. uh, it's, 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 it's something that is great. And like I had a, uh, a guy come up to me with his lady, uh, with his wife and he said, she said, my husband's never read a book before except for yours. Oh, cool. the first one he read. And now he's reading books. And I went, well, that's pretty good. Absolutely. You know? so, I, so I was quite shocked. You know, it was yeah. a, nice, a nice thing to do. No, I know what you're saying, but too, because I, I had a ghostwriter for mine because like, I don't, I haven't uh, written any, any, any things like, uh, like articles or anything like that sort of thing. But, um, so, but yeah. but once I started talking about stuff, it just then I remember yeah. something else, and and I think that's what happens with a lot of memories because you sort of unlock something when you when you touch on something that uh, unlocks another memory that um, that you haven't thought about for a long, long time. And if you don't go into that headspace of trying to you know tell, explaining a story which happened at that particular time or place and time, it just reminds you of oh, then this other thing happened, and then it just yeah. snowballs from there. It was it was really yeah. I really enjoyed the process. Uh, when I did it, you know, it was, it was such a lot of fun. And, and I remember uh, I read the book back and just went, it was more about um, the, all the stuff before, before Idol, you know, the stuff that I'd yeah. forgotten about working on the farm with dad and all that sort of thing. It was yeah. brought back and also, great and memories. But great memories of your dad, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You lost your dad at very young. Like my, mm. I, like when my dad died, I was, uh, you know, in my late, mid to late 40s. Yeah. You know, it's hard, you know, when yeah. you're in your 20s, when you lose your dad. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a big part. And that's, I always think of Warney's kids, you know, uh, yeah. when they were, they're at a point in their lives where, you know, they were just gonna, about to get the best. Like there's a new yeah, level. Yeah, that's of, right. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, absolutely. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like you're absent when you're younger, but I think you're more present as you get older. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's where you can impart your wisdom. So yeah. it's, it's quite, yeah, it's absolutely. Quite the kids seem really together, but. Uh, I've seen a couple of the kids speaking that um, the young yeah. bloke, especially he, he's um, so hopefully, you know, yes, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, like yeah. you said, it's a, I mean, it's a horrendous yeah. thing to go through, but hopefully, um, you know, they'll be, uh, they'll be okay. Uh, mate, so um, we're both Sharkies fans. Yes. How are we going to go this year? Oh, you know what? I've got a, I think I've, there's a, there's a vibe, you know, I think Craig Fitzgibbon has pulled them. Yep. Fitz is a, a great fellow. I love him. He's is, a really nice He's guy, a nice yeah. fellow. And mm. he's, um, I just think with the, the light that it's almost like the lineup they had in uh, 2016. You know, I feel there's yeah. a bit of, you know, there's a bit of that to it. And and Nico Hines is just, yeah, he's, he's just killing amazing. it, isn't he? He's just, and he's a lovely kid. You know, you meet him and he goes, Oh, how are you? And he's yeah. just always not jaded or any, yeah. he's just the lovely kid. So I, I, I really, I, I, I think, you know, I, I will never say premiership contention, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. Not poor, easily but top. Yeah, yeah, cool. He he just came out of nowhere, didn't he? And absolutely cleaned up. He was just I yeah. I, I made because I 
sort of split your time whenever I can on the weekend, which is so hard because you're always travelling somewhere from a gig or going to a gig or doing sound check and you're, or doing a gig itself at night, so you miss the footy majority of the time. So you've got to catch mm. up through the week sort of thing. But I'd make sure that whenever I could on a Sunday somewhere I'd get back to watch because he was just such an exciting player, player to watch because, you know, in that, in that we haven't had anyone who who's, was blistering in the halves as much nah. for a long time, you know. So um, that's all why we all love watching a... A great halfback or a great five eight, you know what I mean? Who just control the game and, and create the opportunities, you know, to win and, and, and then if they stand up defensively as well, then they're, they're just, you know, they're they're, um, they're made of gold, you know. Well, it's yeah. hard talking about football now because my brain hasn't connected with football yet. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I sit there, I go, hang on a minute, sharks, right? That's a footy season starting. <laughs> that's right, that's stress. Yeah, I know. That's I'm actually stress. I'm actually looking forward to it again. Um I don't watch a great deal of TV these days, but I, I still enjoy uh, uh, watching the footy whenever you get a chance. Well, Volkanovski got beaten on the weekend. Bloody spewing about that. Our, our yeah. uh, UFC fighter from Wollongong. He did a great job. Uh, Champion he is. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. do you watch the UFC? No, not really. I think it's I, I think UFC part. My son, my eldest one, who's 30, he's right in the drop zone. Yep. So he was around for dinner the other night. And we're talking about UFC. And Amanda always calls it kick in the face. That's <laughs> kick in the face. <laughs> yeah, it's a and, bit like that. And Morgs is around and he's and he's going at length about all these UFC players. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not really feigning interest. I'm sort of going, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, Have you heard of SFC? And I went, What's that, man? He goes, Slap Fight Championships. Oh, and I have you so seen that? Guys, they slap each other. Yeah, Dana White's created that, hasn't he? How them blokes are going to get brain damage. It's the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. They just stand there like that with their hands behind their back and the other fellow just he aims up like this like I'm slapping myself and then goes just whop and they smash each That's other it. across the face of the open hands. It's, it's the okay. dumbest thing. And then... <laughs> And then more, and I said, what next? Well, they're going to fight in a phone box. And he goes, that's the thing in Russia. They fight in a phone box. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, what about this one? Car jitsu. And I went, no. Two guys in a car sitting next to each other, seat belted in, and then they fight each other. Oh, they're really? going to get out of the seat belt. And I'm going, mate, you could drive to Tari with your family. You <laughs> <laughs> I seen a good one the other day. There's two, two guys and they got their left hands strapped together. And they're, and they're over a table, sort of like an arm wrestling table, but they only get to reuse their right. So it's all pulling forward and hitting with the right. Oh. So they go, <laughs> I'm going like crikey. It's, uh, it's pretty easy to get knocked out, let alone making, <laughs> making it easier. <laughs> it's, you know, I just, what's wrong? With, and I think at my age, I suddenly thought, I don't know. I just don't, I, I don't need to watch UFC. I don't no, yeah, to. no, absolutely. No, I, I miss a few of the fights, but uh, Volk's an absolute champion, Volkanovski, and um, yeah. obviously Aussie, so... Um, he, oh, tie, big tie to Avast is a good mate of mine too, and and uh, he's he's done really really well. So go the Aussies, anyway. Go the Aussies, absolutely. I, I'm on you. I, I'm on there. They're our boys. When it comes to that, it's just I'm I'm Mr. UFC when it comes to that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Joe Rogan. I'm in the ring. Yeah, you're in there, mate. <laughs> well, he thought Volk won. I think Joe did. So that was interesting. Uh, Tim, you got anything, any final thoughts, buddy? Well, look, uh, I think it's been a great episode. Uh, once again, uh, we, we were a bit concerned that this. As I said, might be a bit of a second episode syndrome, but that has not happened. So uh, really appreciate it, Jonesy. If I can't be better than Dicko, then what the no, hell is Absolutely, wrong? mate. <laughs> Jonesy, mate, thank you so very, very much uh, for coming on the show. Really appreciate yeah. it, buddy. And thanks so much for the support over the years. Uh, you and Amanda have been fantastic to me, uh, like I said at the start. And I re- through the thick and thin as well, buddy, and I really, really appreciate it. So thanks so much for coming on and, and helping us out with our, uh, our infancy in the yeah. podcast world. Well, you're doing well, mate. Good luck with the OnlyFans thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get back to the gym or 
Oh, get, uh, <laughs> get this mow field out pretty. Get that mow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to cleanse the pool. <laughs> what about me? What about me? What about my needs? Who has anyone said, what about you? It's always, <laughs> what about me? I'm here to. No, no. <laughs> so I've been practicing. No, just joking. <laughs> good on you, mate. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Take care, buddy. It's and been have a to treat. See you good on you, mate. So, uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, please like and save this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give the show a rating. I'm told that it helps the show uh, get out to more people. Uh, we'll be back with episode three next week.